Hello and welcome to the Red Illinoisan Podcast. Today we have what I think is a pretty good episode. It's uh, Today I'm going to be talking about Kyle Rittenhouse and the alleged Kenosha shooting. This is a big story because it's currently in the news everywhere. Uh, Kyle Rittenhouse is currently in trial and... The jury are actually in, in deliberation, so this is this is a, this is a case that uh, I know I personally have been keeping you know a really close eye on, and that honestly means a lot to me, and I think it should mean a lot you know to everybody because you know this once once you hear the story because I'm that's what I'm gonna get into is I'm gonna I'm gonna tell tell his story. So that there is little to no confusion, but I do encourage every single one of you who are listening, go out, do do as I have done, go out, go watch the footage for yourself, go go watch the testimony, go watch everything that you can on this because there is a lot of different footage from a lot of different angles, and then tell me honestly, tell me if you if you disagree with me, and if you do, that's perfectly fine because you know. That is that is perfectly okay if you disagree with me. Just be sure you have your reasons. And so as like I said, go out, go watch it. Don't just take my word. You know, you can take my word as a general, but go out, go watch it. Uh it's a lot of fun. I'm a bit of I'm I'm okay, I'm not going to say I'm a bit. I'm I'm a pretty big nerd with this type of stuff. I love I love politics. I've been very into politics for a while now. Um, and it, it, it means, for me, it means a lot. So, without further ado, I'm going to get into the actual bulk of it. So, this this all starts in Kenosha, Illinois, right? So, we're, we're going to time travel back uh, to 2020. Everybody remembers 2020. George Floyd protests, yada, yada, yada. Well, in August... There was a man by the name of Jacob Blake. Now, I remember seeing this headline break. Uh, police officer shoots unarmed black man. We, we, we know that now to be a complete lie because Jacob Blake had a knife and it was a completely justified shooting because the cop did indeed fear for his life because he told him to put down the knife and then shot. Um, so, regardless, there was, there was protests. You know, there's always going to be protests over freaking everything so it was a protest um you know it kind of turned a little bit violent and so that's where our story starts so there was uh for some odd reason i have no idea why but for some unknown reason these protesters love to burn used car lots I remember, I remember seeing a picture, and this is completely anecdotal, of a car, a used car place up in flames, big bright orange flames, and on a sign in the foreground, and you could tell it was on, the, on, their, on their property, it said, Black Lives Matter. Like, you're burning down your own people's sign. And, and, did, did anybody else see this? Because like, that's, that's like an honest thing, because like, I know I saw it. But that, as as I can say, that's completely anecdotal. Regardless, so um, as I was saying, so 
there's riots going on, and this store owner asks Kyle Rittenhouse and his friends if he can protect, protect his business, protect his livelihood, which I think he should. And I think he should have the right to. So Kyle and his friends agreed. They went to they went to go protect it. Um, Kyle uh, Kyle lives in Antioch, Illinois. He ha- he works in Kenosha. His dad lives in Kenosha, and his, his friends live in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And going to Kenosha, Wisconsin, from Rittenhouse's place of residence, is about your average drive to work. I think they said it's about 17, 13 miles. So, you know, it's not like, you know, he was going from Carbondale or Edwardsville all the way up to Wisconsin. No, no, it's not, it's not at all how it, how it's like. So he went there and he, he was protecting and he gave up his body armor that he got from the Great Lakes Police Department. He gave it to his friend and he, he said to him, I'm doing I'm going to do medical. And so he was off doing medical. He helped, I think, uh, he helped a woman with a rolled or sprained ankle. He helped um, another person who had a cut on their hand. And, you know, he, he, knew, he knew medical. He was a lifeguard. So he, kinda, he knew what he was doing. Um, so we're, that's, that's where we're going we're gonna to take a sec now. So. Now we switch over to Rosenbaum. Now, Rosenbaum, I've seen I've seen conflicting stories. I've heard he's only annually raped three children, three boy young boys, and molested five others. I've also or I've also seen that he's molested five uh annually raped five young boys and molested eleven children. Now Regardless, he, he's a great, upstanding citizen. Great person. Awesome person, right? Obviously. Because he just, he just got out of the, the psychiatric institution that morning, right? Just got out that morning. So this man was... Uh, he, all he had to his name was a bag of his possessions. And he decides, I'm going to go down to this protest. Now, I could get into uh, Anthony Huber's... Criminal record and Groskwitz, they were also nice criminals. Um, great, you know, great people. Regardless, so Rosenbaum, as white as ever, he's a white ginger. So, you know, he's, he's pretty, he's a bit pasty. Not to play into stereotypes, but regard, like, he actually is a bit pasty. So, th- he's... This man is seen earlier that evening at a gas station getting increasingly violent. Remember, white as day, and he was seen on camera with no mask. That'll come into play later. At a gas station getting very violent with other people. Clearly, this man probably shouldn't have gotten out of that institution. But he did. He must have served his time. And got out. Now, this man was going and he decided it would be a great idea to light a dumpster on fire and try and push it into a gas station. Because, you know, that's what all sane people do. They decide to create a literal dumpster fire and shove it into a gas station. Because that makes, that makes all sense. 
Find me in what goddamn universe that makes sense. I want to shove standing right close to this gas station, which is a highly flammable substance, gas is, and let's shove a burning, stinky dumpster into it and see what happens. Like, these people clearly have a death wish. Like, but, uh, am I the only one that thinks that thinks this when they hear this? He shoved a burning gas dumpster into a gas station. Luckily, it got put out. There was no, um, no fireball foot. So he he shoves it out. Uh, Rittenhouse actually gets a ga- gets a fire extinguisher and goes and puts out the fire. Right, you know, good Samaritan. He's got a track record. You know, he's on camera helping people. And so, you know, he as he's going over to do this, Rosenbaum goes over and he decides it'd be a great idea to take off his shirt because apparently, and the prosecutor says, you know, he's suddenly more worrisome about COVID, and that's why he put the shirt on. I just think it was being freaking. Uh, what what's the word? Um, uh, I don't know. Playing devil's advocate, basically. In this case, literally. So he, so he put his shirt around his face, and he had what looked like a chain. And so, as Rittenhouse goes back, he crosses in front of a car, which he doesn't know. But Rosenbaum is on the other side, waiting for Rittenhouse. Now, let me fast forward a little bit. Earlier that night, Ryan Bolch and Kyle Rittenhouse have confronted this man, this Rosenbaum character, and he tells them, if I catch one, and remember, I'm saying this because this is what he said, and he said and told them, if I catch one of you alone, I'm going to fucking kill you. Okay, that was that was what he told him. A very obvious death threat. And from a psychotic guy, yeah, okay, that that holds merit. I I would I believe the guy if he told me he was going to kill me. I would I mean, he'd probably want to rape me, but I'm not a minor anymore, so regardless. So he he tells him this and he and you know, obviously now Rosenbaum gets Rittenhouse alone. So he hides behind a car and he waits for Rittenhouse to come around. And he jumps out and tries to get Rittenhouse. And then a chase ensues. In which, don't let anyone tell you different. Don't let the media tell you differently. Because there is the drone footage in every single piece that every single piece of footage that I have ever seen. And I've been watching this case like it's a freaking Bible story. Right? I've been watching this case for a long time. Since before the case even went to trial, I've seen footage. Rosenbaum is chasing Rittenhouse, people. The, they, the media clearly has not seen the footage. Rosenbaum is very clearly chasing Rittenhouse. Right? There is no way to say it. He chases Rittenhouse, and so Rittenhouse throws his bag 
his, of his possessions that he just got from the psych ward because, you know, <laughs> child rapist. So he throws his bag at Rittenhouse. So Rittenhouse doesn't know. He admits on the stand that he did not, he did not know what it was. And he thought it was a chain of some sort. And so I believe it was Mr. Zeminski. I could be wrong. So if you if you have it differently, tell me and I'll I'll correct it. But I believe it was Mr. Zeminski. And he fired a shot. And so that's when Rittenhouse, who's holding his AR-15 in the low ready, all, holding it in the right hand, and he turned around, pointed his rifle, realized that there was no immediate threat from Rosenbaum, turned around and kept running. Now, once he got closer and he came, he had a building off to his right, a car in front of him, and he had a car to the side. He was in the front right of, a car, of another car. He was dry, coming up to the front right of another car, and in front of this car was, was a whole other line of cars, so he couldn't continue straight in a straight line. And Rosenbaum lunges forward... Kyle Rittenhouse turns around, stops, and has to turn around because he can't run anymore. He turns around. And by this time, Rosenbaum is already reaching out and trying to get his gun. He's tripped and he's lunged and he's trying to grab his gun. Now, this is where it turns into self-defense, right? Rosenbaum has said he's going to kill this kid. And by grabbing his gun, Rittenhouse has to do something here because he can't just let him take the gun because if he takes the gun, he's going, Rosenbaum will turn the gun on Rittenhouse. He's, you know, obviously being, you know, chased by a super scary man that has an obscured face because he's apparently very concerned about covid that's that's freaking lie. I'm gonna tell you that much right now. But so he Rittenhouse has to fire. He fires four shots. The first shot misses. The second shot hits him in the hand. Hits Rosenbaum in the hand. Now, with that shot, it goes through his hand, and. There is soot marks on his hand. And there's a burn mark on his hand. The coron- This is what the coroner found. Now, I'm no ballistics expert. I'm no gun expert. But if I'd be willing to bet, I mean, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. Tell me if I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, feel free to tell me. And, you know, have different things cited. Regardless, he, he was reaching out. To go grab this weapon. And he. Oh, sorry. And there's soot and burn marks. And under oh, under the threat of perjury. Rittenhouse said on the stand as he was testifying that he remembers Rosenbaum's hand on the barrel of his gun. Right? He remembers this. Be- and the burn marks will, co- will corroborate it. 
And the soot marks would also be a very good indicator. But he fired a shot through Rosenbaum's hand. He fired a shot at his pelvis. And it, you know, broke his pelvis. He fired a a shot and it went into his leg. And then the final shot went... It grazed... This is going to get a little bit graphic. It grazed his scalp, Rosenbaum's scalp, a little bit and went right into Rosenbaum's back. Killing him instantly. Now, now this next part is the part that... I think changes the entire story. Because if you're, you got a guy chasing you, you would run away. You'd shoot and run. But that's not what Rittenhouse did. What Rittenhouse did was he shot him. He went down. He continued to run because he thought he was still being chased until he realized he wasn't. He slowed down, came back around the car, and checked on Rosenbaum. He came back and deliberately checked on Rosenbaum. He is on film. Every single film you have... He comes back and he checks on Rosenbaum. Now, that is major because that just shows that he's not just a cold-blooded killer. A cold-blooded killer would just leave it be. He would leave Rosenbaum out and say, screw it, I'm done. He comes back, people. He comes back to check on him. That's a major... That's a big part in the case, is he comes back to check on him. And so once he, once he realizes that there's nothing he can do, he has to walk away. And at which point, he comes up to the crowd. They, they, the crowd hears gunshots. They see a guy with the AR-15. He goes friendly. He puts his hands up and goes, friendly, friendly, friendly. Rittenhouse does. Friendly, friendly, friendly. I'm going to go tell the police. I'm going to go turn myself into the police and runs off to the police. At which point, the crowd then turns on on Rittenhouse, not Rosenbaum. Rosenbaum's dead. Uh, Good Samaritans are trying to help him, but everything that they did was in vain. And, and so there was another one. And so, he, so Rittenhouse is running away. Rioters come back. And I'm not just saying rioters, because the actual defense or prosecution said that they were rioters and the judge said that they were rioters and so it's not I'm not this is not a straw man here people they are rioters they are literally rioters everybody has said that they are rioters regardless the rioters come up and they beat Rittenhouse upside the head with a concrete block at which point and this is you know uh from film and testimony Rittenhouse said that he then felt woozy and dizzy and lost his balance, stumbled and fell, and fell. In which case, the rioters swarmed around him. There was a guy who kicked him in the head and who was getting ready to stomp him when Rittenhouse raised his gun and fired two shots in the air. In which... He jumped, the guy jumped, kicked over him. This guy has still not been identified by anybody. And he jumps over. Oh my goodness, I am so sorry. He jumps over Rittenhouse after he fires two shots and everybody starts back. And everybody kind of is like, oh shit. And then there's another guy. His name's Anthony Huber, who has a skateboard. And I, I, don't, I don't know, you know, I, I'm again, 
I don't know much about skateboards. I've never really been into skateboards, but from what I can tell, they're not light at all. I've kind of, you know, played around with them. They're not light at all. He took his skateboard and he beat Rittenhouse on his on the base of his neck. I believe that's called the lat muscle, but I don't, I don't know. I'm just I'm pretty sure that's called the lat muscle, but regardless, he beat him on the base of his neck. Now, in order to not do that again, because he was aiming for his head. So Rittenhouse raised his gun, and he's fearing for his life again, and fires a single shot. And it hits Anthony Huber right in the chest, and he dies immediately. At which point, he's, uh, Rittenhouse is able to you know, scoot over, try and get away from the crowd. The crowd kind of backs up. Let's him have his space because they're like, oh, shit, you know, pardon my friend. But like, oh, crap, you know. And so he goes and tries to get away. And that's when our final one, Grosquitz, comes in. God love him. Gage Grosquitz. And so Grosquitz... He happened to for leave out of his testimony to the police that he had a Glock 14 on him, locked and loaded, who he didn't have, which he didn't have a permit with, which is illegal, by the way. So right there, they can get him on him being illegal. So why are they trying to get Rittenhouse? So, he happened to leave that out, which Grossquist is also suing the state for $10 million um, for, you know, wrongdoing and not keeping Rittenhouse safe. That's, that's a problem. Regardless, Rittenhouse then... Um, so, Rittenhouse puts his gun down. And this is this is important. He puts his gun down, and everybody thought he put it down. So he put it down, and he put it down more. Everybody thought he was clearing a malfunction or a jam in his gun. It was proven not, because if you would have heard a click, it was proven that he did not re-rack his gun at all. He did not clear a malfunction within his rifle. His Armalite rifle, which is ar because it was an AR-15, which is not an assault rifle. I want that noted. It is not an assault rifle. AR stands for Armalite Rifle. It is not an assault rifle, but I repeat myself. So after he clears this malfunction, and he, he has the gun pointed down in a very safe direction at the asphalt. It wasn't until, and this is in testimony. You can go back and watch it. It's in Grossquitz's testimony. The defense's uh, and t- cross-examination of Grosquitz. It wasn't until Grosquitz lunged toward Rittenhouse, drew his gun, and pointed it at the at Rittenhouse's head. Did Rittenhouse pull up his gun and fire? That's pretty telling because that is very clearly self-defense. Because Grosquitz was intending to shoot him, and you could tell by his stance, and that he got out that gun and was going to shoot him. 
And until Rittenhouse shot fired one shot, and it went right through Grosquitz's bicep. Now, after that, everybody really backed off of him. And he was able to go to the police line where he tried to turn himself in. And the Kenosha police said, no, we can't. So he went back home and his mother took him to uh, his, the local police department where he turned himself in. And that's where our story ends. Now, this, this, if you've been listening and if you, you know, if, if you paid attention throughout this whole 24 minutes, this sounds like textbook self-defense to me. I wholeheartedly believe that Rittenhouse feared for his life because I would. Try to put yourself in his shoes. Think about that for a second. If you were to put yourself in your shoes, right, in their shoes, most of you probably are uh, around his age. Um, but if I were to try to put myself in his shoes, I probably would have done the same thing. I probably would have fired a lot earlier and a lot more. But he didn't. This was a kid who went the entire night trying to help people. He did not go. He gave up his body armor. Why would somebody who's going looking for trouble, who knows that there's people there with guns, why would he go without and give up his body armor? Simple. It's because he wanted to help people. Right? He, didn't, he wasn't going looking for trouble. He wanted to help people. And that's what I think people miss. And I encourage every single one of you who listen to this. And if you've gotten to listen this far, I must say kudos to you. But I encourage every single one of you to go and go watch the testimony. Go watch the video for yourself. There's nothing more. Video, I'm going to tell you right now. Video doesn't lie. Right? My coach always had a famous saying, film don't lie. Because we'd always screw up on the football field and then we'd see it that Saturday in film and we get reamed a new one. Film doesn't lie. People lie. Film doesn't lie. I'm going to tell you that much right now. I figured that out real quick. But go watch it for yourself. I encourage every single one of you. Don't just take me at my word, although I'd be super honored if you did. But go watch it. Go watch the testimony. Go, you know, if there's something that I missed, tell me about it. Tell me why you think that way and tell me what. Tell me about it, you know? But to me, it looks like a textbook case of self-defense. Now, I, I might just be, you know, a stupid Illinois, right? But that's self-defense right there, people. I'm taking this in a little bit more of a, you know, somber, honest part than, you know, what I want this type of thing to go because, you know, I'm doing this podcast for fun because I, I enjoy politics. But I am, you know, setting, trying to set something up so that hopefully next, the next show I can talk, next episode I can talk about, you know, uh, the, the trial and the mishaps and, 
maybe even have a guest on, but we'll, we'll, we'll have to see about that one. But, all right. Well, I guess until next time, it's been real. See ya.